0: This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by the Remote Work Handbook. If you're struggling with remote work in today's crisis, download this free guide at focusonthispodcast.com slash remote. Well, as many others listening are probably going through their closets right now as well. Um. <laughs>
1: Why? They're trying to hide from their family.
0: Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet, so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays with your hosts, Courtney Baker and Blake Stratton.
2: Hey, Blake.
1: What's up, quarantine Courtney?
2: (laughs) I'm good. Uh, Are you calling uh, in from your closet still?
1: Directly in the closet currently. Um, it's, It's my home within my home.
2: Uh, Well, that probably there's a lot of people listening right now that are also working in strange places like you are. Uh, If you didn't listen to our last episode, uh, we kind of share why Blake is calling from his closet.
1: Right. We're trying to give you some up to date, current help through this wild pandemic quarantine season. And I know life looks different for us at Michael Hyatt & Company, but fortunately, we have a lot of experience working remotely. And so in this episode, we want to talk about that.
2: Yeah. And if you're listening right now and, you know, this is maybe the first time you've had to work from home and you find yourself kind of missing a lot of those in-office ways of communicating Um, It can be pretty hard. I mean, it's definitely a transition. Um, I personally, uh, this is the first place I've ever worked where I I had the opportunity to work remotely. And there's definitely a transition that has to happen. There's some new skills um, that can really help you um, as you work remotely.
1: Yeah, I think it can be confusing to know how you're supposed to stay in touch, sort of what the proper etiquette for this type of thing can be. And it can be frustrating. I mean, on top of all the anxiety of coronavirus or what effect that may be having on your family or your business or school, whatever, there's this frustration of I can't interact with my team the same way that I used to. And these group texts are driving me crazy. These <laughs> Slack threads, whatever, you know, people aren't getting back to me or I, I'm overwhelmed, whatever the case may be, it definitely requires some intentional thinking to get this communication thing right.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you find yourself thinking, I don't understand why this has to be so hard. And I think a lot of that you is we've got this hard situation we're dealing with. Plus, there is like some different things that you have to do when you are communicating remotely. And we're going to give you a lot of insight on that. But a lot of the reason that it's so hard is that you lack the context.
1: Yeah. So if I were to run into you in the office, Courtney, sometimes you will be in that one section of the office where it's like the deep work section that we have and your headphones are in. I know if you're there, it's probably not the best time to ask you a bunch of questions. Now, that doesn't stop me from doing that, by the way. I I (laughs) have often interrupted you in that spot. But- I at least know that I'm being annoying before I do that. That's what we mean by context. Without those physical cues, it's hard to know, is this the right mode of communication? How can I make this smooth? You just don't have those little context clues that you would in person.
2: So what you want to do when you're going from like an in-person communication to remote communication is up the contact and up the context. And we're going to give you three guidelines on how to do this. I'm actually super excited about this episode and you're going to be able to adapt really quickly. These are some really great guidelines that come from a lot of experience. And ultimately we hope that you'll be less frustrated. You have enough things to be frustrated with right now. And hopefully we can make this transition from working from home a little bit easier for you.
1: That's right. So over here in, in the box on my screen to my right is a man You've come to love his name is mike boyer better known as
0: verbs verbs how you hanging in the quarantine doing well in this current atmosphere thanks for asking blake i know a lot of people listening right now are having to work at home for the very first time and many of you uh it might be the first time ever so to help with that we put together a free ebook just to get you started it's called the remote work handbook do's and don'ts to set you up for success and you can download that right now at focusonthispodcast.com slash remote.
1: All right, Courtney, we're talking about improving our communication while we're working remotely. We have three guidelines for you, and the first guideline is to simply communicate more.
2: Yeah, undercommunication is pretty much the classic problem uh, with teams, and it is especially true when you're working remotely. And a lot of times, especially if you lead a team, you know, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. You can forget that, hey, it is critical that I am communicating well to the people that I'm that I'm trying to lead. And the solution is actually to communicate more, not less when you're working remotely. And that takes intentionality. There are no hallway conversations or Blake, like you said earlier, coming into our space and, you know, tapping on someone's shoulder to ask a question or, you know, running into someone walking to the restroom. All of those little side conversations are no longer happening. And so you've really got to be intentional with that. Um, personally, Even for my team, and we are built to work remotely, it was a really seamless transition when we started this way. I actually still amped up our communication. So my team, we're having a daily Zoom check-in, a little 15-minute check-in. We've also, Blake, you may not know this, and Verbs, you may not know this either, but our team is actually doing an open office time. Uh, So we just open a Zoom uh, meeting room. We have 10 minutes of chatter, checking in with each other, and 50 minutes of quiet. And then 10 minutes of chatter, uh, 15 minutes of work. And it just gives you some connection, but also that deep work. Did I talk about that on the last episode?
1: No. That's oh. a great idea. Yeah, I think I think the key is that rhythm, right? You have a daily check-in. And then even in that, what do you call it? An open office, kind of a virtual open office. That's a rhythm. You have some designated time to just shoot the breeze and then to get some work done, but feel like you're together in your work. I think having those times specifically has to help, you know, the team morale.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think right now, even just having some way of feeling connected to other people uh, is really good for our our mental health, but it's also really helpful for our communication uh, with each other and, and for me to exhibit good cascading communication. I think especially right now, if you're not Uh, the owner of a business or you're not the one running the business, sometimes you may feel like if you're not getting any communication, you're just like creating this narrative in your head. Um, So if I'm available to to my team and communicating well, it gives them a narrative and they're not having to make that up.
1: You want to be sure that you're not the one who's breaking down the communication, right? It's kind of like a game of telephone where everyone thinks maybe they're doing it right, but then... You know, you may unknowingly be miscommunicating or not communicating and causing a breakdown in your team's workflow. So we have three questions for you to help you communicate more. So we actually got these questions from General James Mattis, the former Secretary of Defense, but they're simply this. What do I know? Who needs to know? And have I told them? What do I know? Who needs to know? And have I told them? asking those questions will help you stay accountable for not being the breakdown in communication.
2: Well, and I think the key is, you know, if you lead people, and even if you don't, even with your coworkers, it's better for them to hear something twice than feel like they got left in the dark. That is the worst feeling when you realize like decisions have been made or actions being taken, you're just totally out of the loop. And that in combination with dealing with other things that are happening in our world can be a very you know, tough feeling to go through right now.
0: I think too, guys, it's, you have to be not afraid of being the one that's kind of seems like the pesky communicator because in this, in this time, just over communicating is so valuable and critical that you don't want to be the one that keeps dropping the ball on communication consistently. So Just don't think of yourself as, well, if I say this again, I'm going to seem like I'm pestering this person to get what I need or just I'm over informing them. But I think during this time, that's just got to be okay. And you have to be fine with that.
2: Yeah. And I think using phrases like, you know, what I mean by this is or in other words, or even if you need to clarify something, you have somebody else saying, like, are you saying that X, Y, Z? Um are all really helpful tools to just reiterate what you mean. And I think your point of like feeling like a pesky communicator is if you're feeling that you need to let go of that because everybody's going to appreciate your over communication right now.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And the flip side of that is listening as well. So you kind of need to upgrade your listening. That's part of communication. So it's not just let's clarify and repeat what you're saying, but Make sure that if someone, you know, maybe your boss is telling you something and you normally would be able to pick up on what they really mean because of facial cues, right? So something that I do for that is I will reflect back what I heard and maybe ask a clarifying question. So for instance, using a phrase like, it sounds like you're saying, and then restate what they said and then state your intention. So I think that I will X, Y, and Z. Does that sound good? right? And that's the other side of this communication, this over-communicating part that I think will be helpful for you as you navigate working with your team remotely.
2: You know, something that we do at Michael Hyatt and Company, and we I think we picked this up from the Loyalist team, which is a great book, by the way, is to assume positive intent. And especially when you're communicating online, it becomes very critical because you lose all of those visual clues, you know, you don't have facial expressions, and a lot of times you don't have like the context for how something is being communicated, that it's important to remember positive intent. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are going to roll their eyes when I say this, but emojis do help a little bit. You know, it kind of allows people to know the tone in which you're saying something. Um, But those two things in combination can also help, you know, assume positive intent. Uh, when somebody's communicating with you digitally and when appropriate, an emoji is helpful. Uh, Blake, how is your emoji game? Is that like, are you in verbs? Y'all, do y'all use emojis?
0: Emojis all day. All yeah. day. And when appropriate. I'm more of a gif guy. A good gif. Yeah, there you go.
1: Hey, yeah, that works too. A well gif is just priceless.
0: One gif can say a thousand words. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so the first guideline is communicate more. The second guideline for you is practice good etiquette. Practice good etiquette.
2: Yeah, so we're about to get into some things that, you know, may drive you crazy about your current work at home communication, um, but we're hopefully going to give you some good guidelines um, because there are things like, you know, Blake, you hit on this earlier about, You know, if I have my headphones in and I'm in the quiet area at our office, our physical office, you know, like, hey, she's probably busy or like, I'm not going to interrupt her. Uh, But working remotely, that's all, you know, it's all fair game. And so we just don't necessarily have those etiquette things that we have in a physical environment.
1: Yeah, you need to start communicating about how you're going to communicate right? You need to set some ground rules, some etiquette rules. Don't assume what those are, but actually ask, or if you're in the position to establish those types of rules of etiquette, right?
2: So I think an important thing to set early is just the basic rules of etiquette your team are going to use. And that's going to look different for everybody, but especially if this is your first time for your team to work remotely, going ahead and outlining these will be really critical and save you a lot of frustration. So these are things like, you know, how promptly should our team respond to Slack? You know, is it five minutes or is it two hours? You know, when do you call someone versus text versus Zoom versus Slack? You know, what does that look like? You know, is it okay to leave your camera off on a Zoom call? That sounds like a kind of Silly question, but your team is probably wondering. People you work with are wondering. Maybe you've wondered it. Like, hey, do I have to fix my hair today or can I just leave the camera off? So those are all examples. Uh, Verbs, Blake, I'm curious. What are? Do you want to give some examples of things we do?
0: Courtney, these are very important, um, especially Zoom etiquette, because I don't know if you guys have seen these videos of people uh, showing up to Zoom calls with their cameras on and not necessarily uh, properly presentable and forgetting that their <laughs> camera is on. So this could save someone from a wealth of embarrassment if we can get this right right here.
2: Yeah, that is such for everybody listening. Yeah, make sure you uh, set your etiquette for Zoom. And Verbs, please uh, share some of these uh, videos because I have not seen them.
0: Done. One of the things I appreciate about what we do um, using Slack for our main internal communication is we've set some of these kind of criteria or restraints so we can keep all communication Internally in Slack, and of course we do use email um, for external communication with contractors or or cases like that. But um, I love the fact that we've established, hey, here's here's how long you have to respond if you send a Slack message, or here is this is the appropriate time to to text. And a lot of our team, even when we're trying to get focus work done, we'll just notify you know everybody through Slack and say, hey, I'm going to be out for the next five hours working on this specific thing. So I'm kind of going stealth, but then they'll always say, hey, but if it's urgent or if it's important, go ahead and shoot me a text. That way I know it's there and I can respond um, appropriately in a timely manner. So just being able to communicate what those mediums are and the restraints around it actually helps up your communication and makes it more valuable and informative for the whole team.
1: Well said. I think every frustration, or at least most of our frustrations when it comes to those communication annoyances while we're working remotely come down to things like that, the etiquette things. What's our standard response time? When do I have to be available versus getting some deep work time? What's our meeting behavior standards? You know, our what channels do we use to communicate certain things through? All of those things you can communicate about. You can establish those rules of etiquette.
0: So kind of highlighting that, because you know everybody might do it. Again, it's about the mediums and what's best for that company. So we use Slack for somebody else. It might be Basecamp, but identifying why those channels are the way they are, I think is important. So everybody's not bouncing between all of it and there's a communication leak and then people are missing, you know, due dates, deadlines, details.
2: Yeah. And I would just like to say for (laughs) all the people that use Zoom on a regular Please leave your camera on in a video meeting. That is why uh, Zoom is so brilliant um, because it actually, you get a lot of those verbal cues. You have all the con- a lot more context than when you're just listening to a phone call. So uh, for everybody listening, please do everyone else a favor and leave your camera on. That would be awesome.
1: <laughs> and leave your microphone off if you're not talking, though, for crying out loud. Our third and final guideline for you today is match your channel to your message.
2: Yeah, I actually kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but especially in remote work, you can kind of start a war of words pretty easily. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I've never done this, but you know, Testy email messages can kind of escalate pretty quickly. So I don't, I don't know if you've ever done that, Blake. I'm sure you've.
1: Not. Oh, never, never. No one has ever accused me of being passive aggressive ever.
2: Yeah, uh, it can. Yeah, it happens. It's <laughs> happened to the best of us, especially if you're in a company that checks email like at all hours, you know, especially late at night. You take something the wrong way. Maybe you just had an argument uh, with somebody at your house. You read an email and just like it snowballs. It's bad. Uh, so the solution is to just think carefully about where and how you say what you say.
1: For sure. Yeah. And, and kind of going back to, that last point. But even when you say it, like, I'm just thinking of the companies where they've never had to put a rule in place for when you communicate. And if, you know, your boss emails you and it's 1030 at night, and there's a little bit of of an edge to it, that could be kind of a scary thing. You know, you probably want to communicate about that. Like, hey, do I need to respond to this? Is he like, what does this say about me that they messaged me at this time? So as a general rule of thumb for this, use more personal channels for more personal communication. Like don't call someone out on Slack. You know, if you've got a beef with someone or you feel like, oh, I'm annoyed at this person, don't do it over Slack, maybe over any written message. You know, sometimes if it's that personal, if there's actually a conflict, it's good to just pick up the phone and make the call. Or, or even better yet, do a video chat.
0: I think here's another important thought as well, Blake, is... You know, sometimes it's quick and easy just to direct message someone versus, you know, placing it in a proper channel to where everyone who needs to be privy to that conversation or that information can at least be aware of the conversation that's going on. And obviously you want to save, you know, a direct message kind of situation for directly talking to somebody that, you know, nobody else can benefit from possibly. But also, I think it's important to push that out in the open so that way because you don't know what other planes are trying to land on a certain topic. So if you place it into a channel or a medium to where people also have visibility into that, it could also help you avoid any miscommunication or no communication later on on a topic or a project.
1: That's a great point, Verbs. I was just referencing like a high emotion type of situation where you Mm want to be more personal, but for those not necessarily high emotion things, sometimes we're just responding to someone's question in a DM, but Like you said, if it's related to a project, answering those questions on a shared channel so that everyone can see what's happening is so, so helpful.
2: Yeah, and I just want to say for everybody listening that's like DM, shared channel, what in the world are they talking about? Um, Those are all lingo for Slack. And if your organization maybe is not using Slack, you know, that might be something you want to look at in the future. I think probably trying to roll that out right now is probably not... Uh, feasible?
1: I don't know. I think it could be feasible. I think it could be feasible. Slack's pretty user-friendly.
2: It is, um, but you've got to make sure, and I think this is really key, that your whole team is on board and understands. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the top down, what you don't want is like little portions of your organization using a tool. The reason, I mean, Slack is so critical to what we do. I mean, it is the epicenter of our work, Slack. And we all love it, but that's because we, from Michael Hyatt on down, we all know when we're talking internally, we are talking on Slack. That's where it's happening at. We don't, we're not talking, we're not having internal conversations on email. You know, we're not having internal conversations on text. So, I mean, if you feel like you're the type of company that could roll this out now and get the benefit while you're working from remotely, it will pay huge dividends. Uh, But for those of you that, you know, that's not going to be possible, that's some of that language of DM, share channel, that's the context for that.
0: And Courtney, I think what you just alluded to is good for listeners to know as well is making sure you're agreeing as a whole team what that main communication technology will be. Versus sub teams, you know, communicating on other platforms or other mediums, just because, again, it gets messy and things get dropped and lost, especially in the remote work time that we're in right now.
2: Yeah. And we are far from our original point here. But I just want to give you one tip. If you're like, you know what, we've got to do it. This remote work is not going to work unless we get a better internal communication system and we want to try Slack. And we've talked about this before, about trying it as an experiment. Um, and this is a great time. You could just say like, hey, let's try this as an experiment for a week. Let's all do all internal language. I mean, all internal communication on Slack for one week. Let's try it. That would be the best way to roll it out. But getting back to what we were saying about match your channel to your message. Channel is also uh, Slack language. I think the big thing here is just If it were you, you know, it's kind of like the golden rule. Like, if it were you, how would you want this to be communicated to you? And if you're anything like me, I hate, and most people do, to be embarrassed publicly or to be called out publicly. And so just keeping how you would prefer to be treated uh, is really key in communication. So taking that extra beat uh, to say, is this the best way to communicate this?
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And, and that goes, I think, even with things that aren't necessarily high emotion or super critical, sometimes we may think, oh, it's just easier. It would just be easier if I just picked the phone and called them. Well, you don't know what work you're interrupting, right? Because you don't have those in-person context clues. And so matching that channel, like, is this really, does this need to happen right now? Or if they responded in a few hours, is that just as good, right? So, be mindful of that, and and establish that in your company, in your organization, that we have channels, specific channels for different kinds of communication. When you do that, your level of annoyance with remote work will definitely go down.
0: I think it's also important to mention that it takes it takes time for this to all kind of settle in. Um, we mentioned that in the last episode. Just you know, grace and flexibility as we all kind of figure this out it's going to be important for teams and it does keep that frustration down as well.
1: Well said, Verbs. So uh, just to recap the three communication tips that we gave you. Guideline number one, communicate more. When in doubt, over communicate. Guideline number two, practice good etiquette. Establish what is good etiquette and then abide by it in your organization. And the third guideline is match your channel to your message. So I'm excited to hear from you. Uh, Please, you know, let us know uh, how your company is adapting to this. We'd love to know, but uh, I'm confident that this will help you get out of frustration and start liking your teammates again. (laughs) You know, you already love Mondays because we're here, but it's time to love your teammates again, even though you don't get to see them. Courtney, any final thoughts before we go?
2: Yeah, I have like a really practical final thought today Um, for anybody listening that does use Slack. A great tool that we use to connect with our team is called GeekBot. And basically at the end of every day, it asks us a series of questions and it posts them to a channel for everybody to see our responses. And so those questions are, hey, what were your big three for today? And like, how far did you get? What's your big three for tomorrow? And the third question is, is anything blocking your progress? And so it's just another great rhythm that every day we kind of have that check-in to see how everybody's doing on what they're planning to do and what they're planning for the future. Uh, It's another great tool to use during the season.
1: Excellent. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us this week on Focus on This Y'all are going to make it. You're going to stay focused no matter what happens uh, in this season. You've got this. And we are going to be here for you again next week to help you through this season. So until then, Courtney, stay Stay focused. focused.
0: This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by the Remote Work Handbook. If you're struggling with remote work in today's crisis, download this free guide at FocusOnThisPodcast.com slash remote.